why do we need self-love? And, and I know for myself, it's because life is damaging, right? Like we accrue damage and heartbreak and all sorts of um, difficulties along the way. And we need to, as we accrue damage, also be repairing in the same way if we're doing lots of exercise, at some point, if we listen to our bodies, we know we need to rest and recuperate. Welcome to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast with your hosts, James Marshall and Liam McRae, where we will be diving deep into the issues of modern masculinity, seduction, dating, lifestyle design, sexuality, psychedelics, you name it. This is the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. So this is from Ian. I've been learning to give myself love. Currently, I'm using a mental loop with mindfulness, self-loving meditation, looking at myself in the mirror and giving myself love and giving myself gratitude. Are there any other practices that can help learning to give yourself love? This is a good question, Ian, and it's presupposed on the idea that you should and can give yourself love. And I know for myself and so many people that I've worked with, and I suspect large portions of humanity really, don't give themselves love. They try to give themselves comfort. Like almost everybody is trying to make themselves feel better right now. And we do that in all sorts of different ways, whether that's, you know, munching food in front of Netflix or getting drunk or constantly going to parties to get dazzled or getting people's attention or posting things online to get responses. Like, so there's all sorts of things and probably the majority of things that people are doing are trying to make themselves feel a bit better. But I would draw a distinction between that and actual self-care and self-love. Um, and I know, you know, I've gone through long periods where I've been trying to feel better, but I've been actually hurting myself or distanced from myself and not, or not aware of the area of tenderness or affection or love that I needed. So what you've listed there, Ian, are some good, like you've sort of set yourself some like, okay, I'm going to intellectually decide that I need more self-love. Why? I mean, that's a, something to look into. Like, why do we need self-love? And, and I know for myself, it's because life is damaging, right? Like we accrue damage and heartbreak and all sorts of um, difficulties along the way. And we need to, as we accrue damage, also be repairing in the same way if we're doing lots of exercise. At some point, if we listen to our bodies, we know we need to rest and recuperate and get a massage or rub some tiger balm on or go in the sauna or have a bath or whatever we need to do as a form of self-love for the physical body. In the same way as we're going throughout our lives, inevitably picking up all sorts of dust and spikes and fucking attacks and bad decisions and regrets and people leaving and things crumbling that we will need to practice self-repair and we are emotional beings. So that means self-love is necessary. And that's something, you know, if I have to remind myself of, and it was a big kind of uh, remembrance in these last ceremonies that I need to give myself love. And I was actually in situations in the ceremonies where I was having visions of the cat that I have here that self loves itself all the time. Right, like how it curls in on amongst itself and it licks itself and and you know rubs itself against things, you know, getting its emotional and physical needs met as as they arise. And I was in in ceremony really thinking that. And you know, I and I remember like just wrapping up because I was like, I don't have a girlfriend and my mum's in Australia and I don't have and I'm like, how do I love myself? And I just went into a cat pose where I was just like in there and like nuzzling myself and reminding, you know, that I I can love this this human being, this spiritual being, this little boy, this powerful warrior, you know, I can feel compassion for the parts of myself that are weaker or immature or traumatized from a long time ago or the inner child and so on. And so, yeah, you can have these like kind of, you've, you've listed sort of a few technical things like, okay, I'm going to go and do a bit of self-love here. Cool. That's orientating your mind in a direction. It's giving you some form of structure around what that might be. But I would say that could and probably should loosen and become much more improvisational in the same way that we can take meditation where we go, all right, 
I do meditation at 7.30 till 8 a.m. every morning and I do 30 minutes of something and therefore I'm doing meditation and then you go about your day. Okay, that's good. You've, you've focused in on that. You've, you've drawn your awareness and your attention and your limited focus resources into this one place of like, cool, I will sit in silence. But probably a better, more integrative way to meditate is to sure, take those blocks of time for that specifically, but then live your life with more presence. And that is not just a a saying on an Instagram that is, as I pick up this cup, I feel the cup. As I'm drinking, I'm drinking. As I'm meeting someone, I'm there sharing presence. Uh, you know, when I, when my body wants to breathe in and sigh because it needs that moment that I'm aware of that and therefore I, I can do that thing and make myself feel better in that moment. So in the same way at self-love, that can be a direction of like, how would I go about a day if I loved myself better, right? Well, I would, if I felt stiff and cranky, I would probably stretch and go outside and look at the sun. You know, I would, as I'm walking, charging down the streets, trying to do, do my thing in a way that feels uncomfortable and feels like it's just based around the pressure of needing to survive, then maybe I would slow my pace and touch the railing of the fences as it went along. You know, maybe then I would be more, I would remember the people that I need to spend more time with or that those phone calls I need to make, those messes that I need to clear up, and that anger and that resentment that I'm holding to that person, which is hurting me and not giving me self-love and, and also projecting nastiness out into the, the world as well. Right. So coming from this, like, how would I live in a more loving space, even if it's not about directing love at a particular person or idea so much, it's this warmer, softer bubble of, yeah, I do need to look after myself. You don't want to be a martyr to your own self-destruction in aid of the warrior path, for example, or in aid of achievement or in, in aid of being tough and strong and masculine because there is always a price for that. The self-care, if it doesn't happen, it means that you will get smashed harder later. There's some thoughts. I don't know. Anyone else want to add something to self-love? One thing I'd like add to that and kind of builds on what James is saying is this uh, mindfulness and really welcoming whatever emotions you have at any point in time. Like we have a tendency to feel as if, if some uncomfortable feeling or anger or sadness are arising and bubbling with us to go into the direction of comfort to mediate or, or repress these feelings. So, I feel like the the most loving thing that I that I've done for myself in recent times is to fully welcome and embrace whatever feelings I have at any point in time. When I was like a bit younger, I always felt like if I was feeling these uncomfortable feelings or disorientated or confusion or I'd, I've done something wrong, fuck, I'm, I'm messing up here. It means my life's like out of tr- track, like something's wrong, and I need to find a, a, like a deviation or or another way to sort of change that state. But actually, being welcoming and accepting of whatever feeling at any given point in time throughout your day and in your meditation really gives you the space to then accept and love yourself and everything that you are. So, yeah, it can be quite a nuisance and it can be really like not, fuck, I don't want to feel like this right now. But it's every time I find that, whether you call it the subconscious, which is bringing these emotions, it knows better than you, you. So... Your emotions and so much more stored data information about yourself and your direction and your liberation. I've found even when I've doubted whether it's the best thing to actually feel this feeling, accept this feeling, go into this feeling, but I've just done it anyway and just said, well, fuck it. It worked last time. feels like it won't this time. I'm going to still go through it, go through this storm and myself. And then like on the other side of it, it's like, oh, that was exactly, the, that was exactly what I needed to do. That was exactly the right 
thing, even though I didn't feel it was. So yeah, whether you call that a practice or technique, welcoming your feelings and accepting them and loving, giving them love, that's been a, that's been a complete game changer for my life. That's cool. Yeah. Well, yeah, first of all, I think it's important to consider that like love, self-love is an act. And I think both of you guys have mentioned that, right? So it's an act. It's not a mental concept. Right? So saying to yourself or saying to others, like, I love you, it's a nice notion and that's all well and good. But love is actually expressed through action. So it's expressed through touch. It's expressed through gesture. It's expressed through intent. It's expressed through creating uh, experiences and opportunities and expressions that embodying and bringing that love into reality. Because that's where it kind of counts in a way because it, and of course sometimes you do just have to say i love you or i love myself or whatever because that's what you can do and you are technically working on a level by doing that you're working on your mental representations of love you're working on your internal ideas of what love is but you got to be aware that that's kind of like playing on the surface level sometimes because the bigger question is like who needs love who is asking for love who is not getting love and when you really take a look, it's, it's a complex mechanism going underneath the surface. I mean, you have a self-concept, which is the idea of what you think you are and all that's baggaged in with that, which includes things like your expectations and your history and your, your personality and all these kind of like layers of identification that you've cultivated over your lifetime. If you've lived a life, for example, where you were treated with love for being a good performer, but you were denied love for being badly behaved, then you'll start to create an association that love is performance. Love is criticism. Love is creating a, um, authoritarian structure to make sure that you're good enough against. And in the lack of a parental structure or, you know, a, a larger external other to provide that for you, you will just provide that for yourself because that's what you've learned how to do. That's where it gets tricky too, because we get trapped in these mental versions of what we think we are and we get trapped in, in these mental versions of what we think love is. And it's a never ending cycle because it's like, the truth is, and this is like a hard thing to kind of recognize and understand is that like you are love. There is nothing that is not love. The context of existence is love. You can't love something that is made of love because it is love. Like it's kind of retarded to think that. So you have to make a distinction and realize that self-love is really an act of setting up a context in a container where it seems that you feel better about yourself in this idea of what you think love is. But in the actual reality, love transcends any concept of what that, that actually is. So the higher version of learning to love yourself is to liberate yourself from the illusion that you have a self that is separated from love. So that means you have to get in and dissect your worldview to really understand where are the knots of attachment that you've been holding onto that holds you into a place where you think you're less than your complete awesome love nature. That is useful to do things like self-affirmations and reinforcements and intention setting and putting up symbols and reminders and triggers and behaviors that will give you a kind of a, a, an ally or a way to work with your intentions and agenda to become more self-loving. But be aware that it can very quickly become this kind of bizarre thing where it's like you have a wounded part of your identity that says, oh, I'm unlovable. And then you get some ideas like, I need to love myself. So you create a, this savior part of your identity. It's like, I'm going to fix myself. I love myself. And then they just like pass the ball back between each other. And it's just a mental game, basically. And that can go on and on forever. You know, you can create healing systems around that. I mean, I know people who become very wealthy and effective by uh, just promising to clear everybody's layers of stuff and they just clear 10,000 layers of shit inside of people, but people are still just trapped in the mental game and they don't actually really work with the real forces of love. So it's just kind of like this little game of like, 
you know, pretending that you're just pushing the kind of deck chairs around on the Titanic whilst you're forgetting that the whole fucking ship's sinking. But the good thing is to realize you don't have, like you are the ship and the ship might be sinking, but you're the ocean anyway. So who gives a shit? You've got to like get back into the larger context of what you are and let the ship sink and then go through the process of reintegrating yourself into what you actually are, which is not just a mental self with a wounded self concept. And part of that then comes into very precise psychological work. So something to recognize is there's different layers of work, psychological work, because, and honestly, most of you guys don't get it. It's fine, but you don't get it. You're just hanging out in the kind of the playground at the sandbox of yourself. And it's not, nothing offensive. It's just, you're, you're still working on the psychological kind of representation of where you're at. And we do that. It's fine. I do that too. I'm not always perfect and I get trapped in my own sandbox. And it's just the nature of the human condition. But the larger context of our self-evolution is to recognize our real spiritual nature. And when we touch that, when we experience that, we can transcend our human nature. We can like let off layers and we can release ourselves from a lot of these seemingly impossible things that we could deal with. So I guess another way to look at that as well is like, you know, we suffer because we're embedded in a world of suffering. Like the nature of the world is that it's predatory and it's dissolutionary and, and uh, you know, it's adverse to our, you know, need for security and love and support. And, and we have to face tragedy and we get old and we die and we get sick and our loved ones get torn away from us and everything that we love dissolves before our eyes. I mean, this is the nature of reality. Uh, and uh, we need to learn how to stand strong in that, as I've already mentioned. And one of the greatest medicines that solves that problem for you is to recognize that an aspect of your nature, which is actually the primary substance of your nature, is an eternal, evolving, loving force of life-affirming awesomeness. And uh, it transcends death. It transcends this illusion of the human world and just even the natural world. It's embedded in and, and surrounds that kind of thing. Now, it's important to recognize that you can touch that stuff by doing religious and mystical and, you know, magical and whatever kind of work that you, you're doing to like unify yourself into that larger context. And that can give you a sense of support and love and resourcefulness that can transcend the human, the human, the shitty human condition. Most of the time in the history of humanity, that's what we use as our primary medicine to cope with the absolute head fuck and misery and tragedy of existing. Because it's really only this generation or the last generation that we've kind of got the convenience to sit around and jack off all day and just dream about what we want to dream about. Because most of the time in the past, we wake up in the mud with something trying to kill us. And we would have to quickly grab our weapons and go off and kill something else so that we could like survive another day and protect what we love. But in the face of that, we did have to learn how to connect with our internal resourcefulness, our internal like higher nature and to learn to be supported in that process. That was like yet again, the primary sort of source. But one thing to consider is that that doesn't actually heal your psychological wounds. Your psychological wounds need to be tended as well because you're a human being. A big part of the game of your life experience is your humanity, which is your mental stuff. That is the play box of your own like version of things. And that can be tended in a lot of ways. And one of the things that I always do with clients is, is you know, I really look at like what is the, the identified story that the individual is carrying? Because in the core of every single one of you is this question of who am I and how does this work? Or who am I and how is the world? How is life? How is this moment? How is it that I need to interact with? Who do I need to be in this moment? And if all you know is you are hanging out in your kind of mental representation of yourself that has this kind of broken sense of identity, then you're going to sort of play a game where the whole metaphor and the whole the whole hologram of your life is going to be constantly tainted with that layer of your identity. It's like creating a big bowl of punch. You want to serve yourself because you really enjoy punch, but you chuck a big turd in it. 
and then it, it messes it up. And it doesn't matter how much good new stuff you put into that bowl of punch, it's always going to be tainted by this a frame of illusionary identity that you're holding onto, which is causing the you know the shit in the punch. It's causing this this dis, this disgusting thing, or it's it's not necessarily disgusting because we shouldn't put a negative value judgment on it, but it is something that is not aligned with the true fulfillment of your enjoyment of what you really are or the, the integration of what you really are. So self-love is a double path of learning to change the context of your understanding of self, learning to know yourself as what you are and learning to surrender and give yourself over to that which you, re you really are. And I would recommend that you get into things like self-inquiry. Who, who are you? What is the nature of yourself? What is the substance of yourself? Where does it exist? Where does it come from? Where's it going? Uh, and also looking deeper into the nature of what is the structure of your nature of self, you know, your physical, mental, emotional, intentional, like uh, absolute beingness that has all these different like parts that are moving in it. So you learn to map and explore those things. You're doing great stuff right now with mental technology. That's great. Now touch yourself more, put your hand, like get your hand and say like, if I could give my hand some substance that I wish that I could give myself because I can't get it from the world, what would it be? It's like, I'd give myself soothing compassion. Like, where do I want to put it? Like, I want to give myself soothing compassion. I want to put it into my body. I want to feel it in my body. You know, start to rub yourself like you love yourself. Like it's good. I, don't, I love myself. I love this animal. I love this heart. I love this thing. Like give yourself this compassion and this energy and really get in there and like feel it and, and, and absorb it and, and use awareness. And, and also, you know, look at what the representations, because this is massive in my opinion, this is the big chunk of the work that I do as a coach and, and the transformational work that really works is, is that you have to go in and reframe and rebuild the internal representations of your self-image. If your self-image is I'm a piece of shit and I can't get what I want and life sucks and you have to get in and find it, like, where do you keep that stuff and how is that stuff being preserved? It's being preserved because of a subtle set of experiences and memories and, and imprinting that you've had at some level. And it needs to be tended with an action of a higher sort of meta awareness, a higher consciousness, a kind of a sense of self that can come in and be like, all right, I'm going to separate and objectify myself from the, the nature of my lovelessness. And I'm going to become something that is greater than my limited sense of identity. And then I'm going to seek to love the parts of myself that I was previously unable to love when I was looking from the position of my wounded self. And then I'm going to apply that to my wounded self with such repetitiveness and such power and with such like essential like focus and, and vitality, which doesn't actually take that long, it might take you a few minutes, then to, to really like nourish and <clears throat> rebuild a different map around that sense of wounded self. And then you might not like necessarily heal the wounded self, but you might change the context of the wounded self. You might turn the wounded self into a hero. You might turn the wound into a blessing. You might turn the adversity into a training opportunity or a lesson of integration or an affirmation of achievement that you've moved through a certain other level of real world tragedy and difficulty, which is refining a personality to make you a more integrated version of yourself. Thanks so much for listening to the Natural Lifestyles Podcast. Check us out on YouTube at The Natural TV. See you on the next episode.